preparing for this morning, I felt reminded of when I first got saved. Okay, so I got saved into, actually into Josh Jen. I grew up in a, like a traditional home and uh, we went to church most Sundays uh, and uh, did Sunday school and all that kind of thing. And I remember, so Sunday school, I actually didn't go to church often, I went to Sunday school often. So, so we were forced to go, to, you had to do your, like your whole, you know, what do they call it, they like a curriculum, you know, it's like a whole thing. You do Sunday school until you, like standard nine, until you almost finish with school. So every week that was compulsory. I had to be there. And uh, but then I would try and like just sneak out very quickly after Sunday school and I could walk to my house and then I'd kind of walk home. And each now and again my dad would say, yeah, this morning we're all going to church. And I'd be like, no! Why? And then I would find something at home, like a little toy or even some stick, just something so I could keep myself busy for that grueling hour and a half, two hours of church. That's, that's what church was for me. I don't know if anybody else had that experience. But often it was just a guy, like a guy in front, just like angry, you know. Uh, well, I'm playing with my press stick. <laughs> so that was my growing up. Then, lo and behold, I, I mean, I got into like sex, drugs, and rock and roll from quite an early age. And uh, I was quite like a rebellious kid, you know, just trying to go against systems and authority. And um, eventually when I was, by, by the time I was 21 years old, I was like smoking weed basically every day and doing all kinds of other drugs on weekends and stuff. And uh, and this was my life for probably like a good five years. It went on like that. And uh, then I was in the UK for two years, came back from the UK, and then I was I was desperate. I was like, something needs to change. Like I like smoking marijuana every day just made me so it it just robs your ambitions. I just had I had zero ambition. I was just so lazy. I just couldn't, it was so difficult to even just get out of bed in the morning, you know. And I just knew something needs to change. Like, I need balance in my life. And uh, and at that stage, I was getting, I was actually a mountain guide. I was I was running the Absal off Table Mountain. And uh, so guys would come and pay and then we'd, you know, tie them onto ropes and throw them off the mountain. Um, I was never high while we were doing that, by the way. <laughs> I had some morals. Um, and uh, yeah, so, and then a friend of mine was into this, this shaman stuff, this Indian Yaqui shaman stuff. And he would tell me these stories, and I'd be intrigued. And I'd think, this is maybe this is it, you know? And I started buying this guy's books, and very weird, very demonic, very like, you know, guys morph into like creatures, and very just very dark and demonic. And I started going down this road, and I think that's when God was like, okay, it's time. Like, it's time this guy's, you know, he's, if he goes down here, it's, I'm never going to get him out. And a lot of prayers from my mom, and and God just somehow, he, you know, he. I was literally sitting on my bed. Uh, a friend of mine had, had uh, he would uh, work in the States and raise money. He would install granite countertops. And then he would come back and pay to do his pilot's license. Like it just cost so much money to get 
your pilot's license. So he would fly there, earn bucks, come back, and then do his pilot's license. And and he was he was staying with me for for a while while he was here, and he was not saved, but religiously he would carry around a Afrikaans Bible and a little devotional book. And uh, he came from uh, George, I think, and. And somehow he forgot it at my house. And so this little book was lying there. So I was sitting on my bed the one night. And I, and I was reading. There was a piece in this book about heaven. And I literally, on my bed, I just all of a sudden had this revelation. That like, this is it. This is what I've been, this is, what I, this is the balance. This is what I've been seeking. And that's basically how I got saved. I was like, this is the truth. I need a church. And, um, and that church that I've... I actually went to a few churches and, and yeah, they were all like, I don't know, it's just, you know, God spoke to me maybe a little bit through what the guy was sharing, but I was just, I didn't want to be there. I mean, the one church, they, you know, when they get you to like, greet the guy next to you and the guy next to you, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Really? Like, I just want to, I don't want to speak to anybody. I just want to sit here and, you know. And then I was into music. I was into uh, playing guitars. I was actually a singer-songwriter. I was trying to, like, you know, I was doing gigs and I was recording stuff. And I went to the one church service and the music was amazing. And I thought, like, yo, this is cool. And then, and then I, I went down to the guy who was afterwards and I said, hey, man, this is, how do I get involved? And he basically mentioned something about an audition sometime. But, like, you know, it didn't really engage me. And I was like, okay, whatever. And... So for me, that was, you know, I mean, that was one little lesson. Now, later on, I'm like, Yo, when someone comes to engage you, someone new in church on anything, like, man, that's your opportunity to get the guy in and saved and tell him about Jesus. You know, that's actually what I was looking for. Anyway, that's a sidetrack little story. But then, Josh Chen. Okay, so this, so my friend, good friend of mine, we would uh, uh together quite a lot. He was in varsity and we would, we would, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard. This is now I'm revealing all my. Anyway, one day you'll see all this stuff. Anyway, but Tassenberg, they made these these. Uh, we called it a Tuerman can. It's like a, it's like a two liters. It two liters or something. Two liters of wine that you would buy for like super cheap. And so we would always go to this. Uh, this my friend Ruan and another friend, and we would go and we would just get drunk on this stuff. He then, by some miracle. He, he, he had a girlfriend, he was, they were staying together, they were sleeping together. They decided the one night they're going to go watch a movie. And the movie was The Passion of the Christ. In the movie, both of them have this incredible encounter with God. And they basically like realize, like, you know, we need to get saved. We can't live together. Like, everything just changed for them. And he Googled like a church. He was staying in Bloberg. He Googles church. Lo and behold, it's just Jen. So he gets saved into Josh Chen, Ruan, and then he keeps like inviting us to church. And we're like, bro, I'm not going to church, you know. This. And this was before I started having my little encounter. And we're like, yeah, whatever, come, come for a bri. And he would still come and connect with us. And, and then after I had this encounter, then I, I phoned Ruan. I said, Ruan, like, I'm coming to your church tomorrow. He probably fell off his chair. And that's, you know, that's when I, I came to Josh Jane and the first time. And I remember guys in the parking lot being super friendly and just different and people speaking to me and they're actually interested in my life. And, uh, um, yeah, that, that was the first time. And then th- I think the third week, um, oh, and then with Ruan, we would go back to Ruan's house and he would make this really good coffee 
in these little mocha pots. The first time I experienced like this kind of coffee. I mean, this was 2004 where there weren't like fancy coffee shops around, you know. So he was, we called it, we used to drink Rue coffee growing up. So we called it Rue coffee because his name was Rue. We called him Rue. And he would make these really good coffees. And then I was, I was like, I was just hungry for something more because I was like, what's, you know, what's going on? It doesn't feel like anything's happening. And I would say to Ruan, like, how do I, what's, you know, I, I want something more of God, but I'm not, you know, I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm coming, I'm visiting, I'm hearing all this stuff. And what he said to me, this is the thing that God reminded me of. He said, you know, the way God works is you give a step closer to him and then he gives a step closer to you. And that's basically the whole point of what I want to share this morning. It's, it's that. It's like that's, that's how God works. And the scripture is James, uh, James 2. Uh, if you can pop that up. James 4, sorry. 4 verse 7. Which one did I give you? Ah, I think I gave you the wrong one. James 4 verse 7. If you can pull that up quickly, 7 and 8. James 4, 7 and 8. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw close to God and God will draw close to you. And, and when he said that to me, something like something, something, something in my head went, ping, okay, okay, cool, that's how it works. You don't just, because I was there, I was going to these services in Josh Jane, and I was just waiting. I was hearing, and I was waiting. I was waiting, and I was like, "When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? When am I going to get more of this amazing God they keep talking about?" And then I think the third week I was there, there was there was a Andrew Selly shared something, and there was an altar call, and and I responded, and I went to the back, and a guy prayed with me. And the funny thing is the guy that prayed with me, he, he grew up exactly the same way I did. He also had that traditional church background, so he could fully relate, and he prayed for me, and I got saved. I, 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 it was an incredible thing, and that's when everything changed radically for me. Then I was like, I was so in. I, was, I remember having these chats, like phoning my dad, and I'm like, this is what happened. You know, this is, oh, this is amazing. And he would just be like, okay, that's fine, but now you've got to move on. And something in me be like, no, this is, this, you don't move on. You stay there. And I think something that, it's, it's something about the first love. Like the first love, it was a beautiful time. And I think a lot of us had those times in our lives and when we got saved. And I feel like there's a calling back to that again. It's a calling back to the first love. Like how did it feel? Like go back to that place, you know. How did it feel? I was all in, nothing mattered, like, you know, there wasn't, and life happens, and you know, you, you know, eventually got married, and kids, and, and, and stuff, you know, so I was, I was quite young, and you know, you're maybe a little bit more kind of free and reckless, but it was that, that love for God, like that thing, that thing, sh we should keep going back there, when we drift, and I want to read this scripture, uh, so this is Revelation, uh, which is uh, the last book of the Bible. It's this kind of vision, uh, you know, uh, John, is it John? He gets a revelation from Jesus and he, he writes it down. 
So it's quite a wacky book. I don't know if you guys have read it, but there's all kinds of weird stuff that happens as all creatures and eyes and all kinds of stuff. But this is the, these messages to the churches. Now, I didn't feel I'm going to read this message to the church in Ephesus. I don't feel like we're here, okay? I don't feel like this, is, this message is, is for Josh Chen's city ball. But I want to just, there's a warning in if the trajectory doesn't continually go back to that first love, we will end here, okay? And we don't want to end here. We want to we end well. And Luke also touched on it recently. He said, you know, when you drive your car, you don't just set the direction and let go of the wheel and then like coast along. Like you continuously like, you know, driving is it's like this. It's, it's, it's all the time you're needing to adjust. Things change. Things happen. Pothole. Okay, back to the road. So let me read this to us. This is good, eh? Making sense. What version have you got out there? NLT. Let me read from there. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. Jesus, okay? That's Jesus. Earlier tells us it's him. Uh, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen from your first love. Turn back to me again and work as you did at first. If you don't, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Okay. So that that'll be quite a scary thing if we come to the end and it's like, okay, there's a possibility your lampstand is going to be removed. Um, so, and I almost feel like this next season, so, so this is going to be a time of rest. Like Andrew's said globally, guys, let's, we're going to be running hard. There's a few things, key things coming up. Jonathan Conrath's coming, and so usually we try and kind of rally the troops to to evangelize, you know, whatever that looks like, invite people to church, and then we got our 412 conference coming up. But he said, for now, we, we actually need rest. We've, we've been working hard. Talks there about work, right? Kingdom is work. Um, it's hard work. Okay? Revelation, can you pop that up again? Revelation 2. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. Like the kingdom is hard work, okay? If you feel like you're not working hard, you're probably not <laughs> really part of the kingdom, okay? Can I say that? If it feels like you just, you just come in and receiving every Sunday, then you're probably not really part of the family yet because it's hard work, okay? We go, we've got our uh, things that need to happen here, we always on the lookout for people. We we go to home groups on a Wednesday night. We bring something, you know. We we loving people, like we loving the unlovable. We loving each other, and that that it is hard work. It's beautiful and it's rewarding, and Jesus loves it. He says, "I know the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. He loves it. That's a that's a reward. 
This is Jesus saying, well done. Um, but for the ne- so for the next season, we actually need to, we need to rest. And how you rest in God is you don't take a holiday and just forget everything. No, you draw close to him again. You go back to your first love because he's the one. From him comes all things. You know, the Bible says, God, I give you everything you need to live a godly life. Uh, to Peter. Um, he's given us by his divine power. So we need to go to him and get that divine power. It's not something he gives us once and, you know, it's God, give me my daily bread, the, the Lord's prayer. Our Father, give us our daily bread. Daily. Daily we feed from him. So I really feel like this next season, these next three weeks, should be one of, of taking time, you know. Maybe even like you've got a Wednesday night free now, you know. And it's great to spend time with with, you know, your brothers and your sisters and, and the guys in your comms. There's actually opportunity to stay home and get some, go connect with God. Worship God. When was the last time you just worshiped the Lord on your own? Okay? Grab a guitar, put on a, put on a you know, song, um, whatever that looks like. Make yourself a little, a little worship playlist. Okay? If you're not good at that, ask Abo to make one for you on Spotify and share it with everybody <laughs> or Apple Music or whatever. You know, make like a 20-minute worship, the worship songs, not the ones that, you know, the ones that really help you connect with God. You know what those songs are for you. Make your little playlist. Go and sit down, put it on, and, and just be intentional. Um, you guys have heard of the love languages, right? The five love languages. Gary, you need to read that one, eh? <laughs> but, so there are five love languages. If you don't know, what are they again? So quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch. <laughs> George just winked at me. <clears throat> just need a moment. So, what do you think God's love language is? Okay, physical touch, unfortunately can't do that one. Um, acts of service, you know, he loves it when we're obedient and when we serve him, but, you know, probably not that one either. She leaves us with, does he need affirmation? No, he's perfect in all his ways. Um, she leaves us with gifts, does he need gifts? Not really. You know, like the tithe, he says, hey, it belongs to me, just give it to me. doesn't need a gift. Owns the cattle on a thousand hills. What are we left with? Quality time. Yes, he loves it when we come to him. So take some quality time and take some time with the Lord. I try and give the Lord time every day, okay? And a friend of mine once said, like, aim for 15 minutes. Don't aim for an hour. When you aim for an hour, it's, it's really hard and you're probably just going to not attain to that, you know, if you think of your quiet time every day. But 15 minutes, that's doable. And often you'll, the 15 will morph into 20, 25, and 30. And then it's so amazing, the next day you wake up even earlier. Okay? Who struggles to wake up early in the morning? 
Who's lying? <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our, he's our counselor. He's the one that comes alongside us. Holy Spirit, please help me wake up. You know, fight that battle. Win that battle. Um, another guy said to me, like, the hardest part about waking up is like the first two minutes. If you can get through those two minutes, you're up. Okay? Stand up out of the bed. Those, that, like two minutes. Once you, then, then you've done it. Quality time. Okay. So I really, this, this, what did you say? Yeah, snooze. Oof, snooze, yeah. Snooze makes it even harder. Um, you snooze, you lose. So then I also wanted to say, like, God knows. God knows where we are. You know, in that, in that, in that Revelation scripture. Can you pop that up again? I know all the things you do. God knows what you what you do, and He knows where you're at, and He knows what you need. But you, if you don't give that step closer towards Him, He can't. He almost can't give it to you. Sometimes He does. Sometimes He, you know, God's there's there's no rules here. But generally, it's like when you give a step closer to God, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. So He knows where you are. He knows you just had a baby. And, and you're struggling. You know, someone said to us the other day, like, oh, man, really struggling with this. I think it was in a com. And we're like, bro, you've got a, two kids in the one six months old. Like, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. It is a season of figuring out how things work. Um, God knows. Uh, the hard work I've already mentioned. Duh, 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 duh. And then uh, it actually talks about the apostolic. It talks about you have... You know, you've kind of figured out who are false apostles. But I almost really felt like throwing that in there, the apostolic. And I think in Just Gen, we do that really well. It's something, it's one of our, you know, it's one of the cornerstones of our church. Uh, And so be thankful to God. Say, thank you, God, that we have the apostolic giving input. Thank you, God, that we have this conference coming up. Uh, that we get to get input from healthy uh, apostles. Thank you that we have this protection and that it's something that's taken serious in the church um, because it's clearly it's key. Um, and then the last one I wanted to touch on is uh, you have discovered, uh, uh, you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. So, suffering. It's not a nice thing to talk about. Who wants to suffer? (laughs) But can I tell you something? Suffering will come, whether you like it or not. Okay? It's just the way, it's it's the way life is. It's the way, you know, even the fact that we get old and we die, like that's that's a form of suffering. So you can live the perfect life, but eventually someone close to you is going to die. Something's going to happen. Something, you know, suffering does come along and it is super challenging but it's also beautiful times of patiently enduring and not quitting and there's almost a reward for that of Jesus saying well done well done i know that it i know what it was like um and he suffered you know he he showed us what it looks like and he endured and it's in that suffering that we can also see like these amazing aspects of who god is his goodness, 
um, and that he loves us and that he's close to us, that he knows what we're going through. So often you almost need to be full of God before the suffering comes. That's also, that's also helpful, you know. So uh, you can't just coast along and then when the suffering comes, you like all of a sudden get, get desperate because no, you're in it already. You're like, I remember hearing the story of a lady that she actually got uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, something, something of that sort. But she was so full of God that it was enough to sustain her even through that sickness. And, and she, she got to go and be with God. You know? And I just remember hearing that story and thinking like, wow, you, we don't know what's going to happen. You know? We really don't know what's going to happen. But if you're close to God and you're full of God, it's going to be enough to sustain you through those things. And family is great, man. We've got family with us and you know, we, we're there to support each other. But it, it is there and it's going to be a part of our journey as a church. Um, and the Bible says in, in another place, rejoice when you face trials of many kinds because it grows you. It, it shows you how to persevere. It shows you how to, how to patiently endure. It's, it's, it's the school of life. And it makes you to be more like Jesus. Um, and I, the last thing I wanted to say was the Bible. Okay, Those quality times, like this is how you get to know God. This is how you learn who He is and what He's like. And it doesn't matter what level you are, if, if you're a just been born again and you're a brand new Christian, this is how you learn what Jesus is like. Just by reading this, reading the Bible. And I think there is there's really this attack for our time and uh, we live in a world that's just, everything's, it's, it's this multimedia and it's always like cool ads and TV and shows and just, you know, everything is, is, is these quick little blips and blobs and that's almost been this, this slow kind of erosion of, of the word because it's just black and white and it's like, you know, it's actually it's quite boring without the Holy Spirit. But when you start reading it, and every time, man, every time I have a quiet time and I try and connect with God and I maybe pray a bit and I'm struggling, I'm thinking about other stuff. Then I'm like, okay, let me, read, let me read some scripture. As soon as I start reading the scripture, then everything just comes into line. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And so it's really, this, this is an incredible tool to, to connect with God and to find your first love again. This is, the, this is the love letter, you know. This is the love letter to us. This is God's love letter to us, this. It's incredible. And it's full of that first love. This is what the first love is all about. Because we can only love because Jesus loved us first. Even our worship. You know our worship, it's, it's a top-down worship. It's not a, a bottom-up worship. It's a, it's a response. Worship is a response. It's not a, we can't just worship first. Like, you know, show me a, someone who's unsaved worshiping God. Okay? He can't. It's fake. You know? It's, it's. You know, think of a, often use the analogy of a, of a rugby game. And when the people are passionately, why is he doing that? Because his team just scored. Before his team scores, is he like so amped and full of passion? No. 
the team doesn't score, angry they get, angry they get. It's it's a worship is always a it's a top down it's it's a response, and we're going to go back into worship right now. You guys can maybe come up so long, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna respond to God, and and I've, I've said to them they they're free to just go anywhere and really flow, and I don't want it to be. Uh, very kind of like, hey, we're going to do these songs this morning. But I want us to spend a time of just connecting with God. That these words that I've been talking about would be would become real and we'll get a taste of the first love again this morning. That's my prayer this morning. That we'll just get a taste again of that first love. 